Hi, my name's Dan. I'm here with my good friend G, and this is the Wrong Football NFL Podcast. Are we winning? Still getting used to this thing where your team scores more than the other. I don't, I don't know if it's meant to happen. It, it, believe me, it's generally recognised to be the superior tactic, but it doesn't always happen. Right, OK. Just so I know. Just so I know for next time. Fair enough. If there is a next time. Are you <laughs> enjoying OK? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, busy and manic as ever, but holding in. How's yourself and your family? Yeah, all good. All good. Um, I had a birthday for the for the, the lad this, this, uh, this weekend, so it, uh, it was very nice. Um, and uh, yeah, all good. All doing well, thank you. Excellent. That's what we like to hear. Um, Shall we let's hit the NFL? At, yeah, let's have a look at the news, shall we? So, uh, a few bits of news this week that's uh, that's kind of cropped up since uh, since we last spoke. So, um, one of them, quite, I think, we t- we we sent messages about this the other day. And I think you you found it a bit uh, a bit of a bit of a strange one. But uh, John Gruden has decided that he is suing the NFL and Roger Goodell for uh, selectively releasing emails. So, um, obviously. Uh, John Gruden, former former um, Raiders uh, head coach, uh, some some emails were were leaked. Uh, was it about a month or so ago? Um, which which cast him in a pretty uh, negative light, shall we say? Um, and off the back of that, he uh, he was he, he was relieved of his uh, of his job. Um, and yeah, now he's now he's suing the NFL. What's um, what's your thoughts on that? My thought is that this whole thing is getting a bit weird. Um, I mean, firstly, yeah. it takes some some uh, entitlement that he kind of demonstrated in the emails to decide that this, that, you know, after this happened, what I'm going to do is sue the NFL. And it all seems a bit strange because I, I think we were discussing at the time the Washington football team's, you know, investigation and the report that was sent back to the NFL. And the fact and it turns out that it was a yeah. verbal report. So these emails weren't from that. They were actually part of discovery that was done as part of his lawsuit, him being um, was it Gruden? No, I'm not sure it was Gruden. I think it was it was Discovery as part of a lawsuit that um, Schneider has with a minority owner, and that's how there was Discovery. But but I'm oh, okay. a bit confused. The American system is a bit different to us, but I'm kind of not entirely sure what grounds he can bring selective. Like, why didn't you? You know, it just the whole process of it just seems utterly odd you sent these horrendous emails you're not denying you sent these horrendous emails in fact you even went as far as to try and um out you know to explain away the the first one that broke before the game and so it just seems weird to me as an outside observer i don't know what you think of it yeah i I mean i'm a bit the same with same as you i'm not i'm not particularly up on the uh, the american legal system so i'm not uh, i'm not 100 sure on that but yeah it's uh, it, it is a bit strange i mean I can understand, you know, if he if he knows that there's others out there that are, that have have sent, you know, equally equally damning emails, and I'm, I would imagine he does, um, and they haven't been released and haven't come to light, then you know, I could I could see why perhaps he would be, uh, maybe feel a little aggrieved by that. Yeah, but it, it just I don't know. I mean, just the whole. It's, but it's more like saying, oh, it's more like yeah. I mean, it's more like 
you know, outing yourself was wrong, and then going, yeah, but him as well. Yeah, it's, it, it um, is the ultimate yeah. Um, thing of yeah, not facing up to what happened and uh, and and looking and reflecting and trying to deal with yeah. it, but just going, but 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 sir, please that one too, and it's just what yeah. about him? Yeah, exactly, exactly, bit of a strange one. So uh, yeah, I have to keep an eye on how that uh, how that develops because I've got a feeling it's probably not the last we've uh, we've heard on that. Uh, on, on that subject for the uh, over the over the coming weeks, so uh, yeah, we'll have to we'll keep an eye on it. Um, there was some uh, some movement this week in players. Obviously, last week as we recorded, we were expecting uh, Odell Beckham to sign for somebody. He didn't. He went through uh, well, made it all the way through waivers. Um, ended up with the Rams in the end. Um, so he's he's got a uh, just just a contract just for this season. Um, does the fact that he went all the way through ra- uh, through waivers without anyone claiming him perhaps mean that? His stock isn't quite as high as he maybe would have thought. No, I think it's entirely to do with the salary that he still had and cap space yeah. and the risk reward profile. And I think the teams who were serious about signing him, and you saw the Packers and a couple of others involved as well, um, or at least in discussions, were looking at it and thinking, you know, we haven't got the cap space, but you know, if he clears, we'll, we'll have a conversation. And Rams have clearly made a thing of being all in this season and have made several aggressive moves and they signed um, um, signed him. And then uh, basically on the day he arrived on the Friday, Robert Woods tears his ACL. So obviously no one knows that's going to happen. That's just one of these weird coincidences. But it, it's kind of, I guess, he had a very limited role in the Monday night game and we'll discuss that later. But I, I guess you, they can either see that as good planning or you know, possible band-aid, but it really, the whole thing with these mid-season moves is that because there's so much to do involved nuance in terms of understanding a playbook and coming through mid-season and these are, you know, when you look at the likes of Von Miller and and, um, Odell Beckham joining the Rams, it's interesting to see how quickly they can assimilate them and how much of a difference they can make. Yeah. It is, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, you know, one man doesn't like a team, does it, do they? But it's yeah. Do you think his chances are? Do you think he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna fit in quite well at the Rams? Or I th- I think if he's gonna stand a chance anywhere, then it's possibly with the Rams. It's just interesting that it you know he's had no background. I'm not sure that he's familiar with the system. So there's it depends. Yeah. I think how quickly it comes together. But I, I understand certainly I th- why I why they, they made the move. I thought I thought they threw him in quite quickly. I, I probably wasn't expecting him to to play this week. But then again, they've only got him for the rest of the season, so they haven't got him for that many weeks anyway. I, I've, so. I'm sure they have. They might have planned to bring him in less until Robert Woods went down. Um, but he yeah, sort possibly. Of, you know, we saw him a couple of times early on, and then not so much. So um, I think this is going to be a watching yeah. brief and see how things go in the coming weeks. Another person who uh, who moved and had uh, had limited uh, limited impact uh, was uh, Cam Newton. Uh, Cam Newton's back back in Carolina. Um, so where he uh, where he started? That's a uh, an interesting, if not, you know, not groundbreaking move. Yeah, an, an interesting one. But you say not groundbreaking, but the Panthers got um, got the win, and there's talk that he's already had an effect on the quarterback room and and was yeah. having an influence. And obviously, you know, he he made plays in that game. So so I'm curious to see if next week he gets to start or whether they're going to do this platoon system. But obviously. Um, I guess we'll get it into it later because I believe you the Carolina was one of the games that you watched this week. So it was, yes, it, it was, um, yeah. And he annoyed me almost instantly. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I don't like Cam Newton to be honest. I don't think I, he annoys me a little bit. And uh, yeah, he he he. 
annoyed me almost instantaneously upon uh, upon scoring a touchdown. So uh, yeah, well, uh, well, I'm sure we'll, t- we'll touch on that in a, in a little while. Okay. Um, the, the other things that have uh, has happened literally, literally just uh, just today, uh, Le'Veon Bell has been uh, been released from the Ravens. He's not been quite the quite the player he was for a few years now, but probably not since he sat out the season, has he? Um, no, and it, it's there's so much oddness in terms of the NFL with scheme fit, and and there are some players who are amazing, but it works in the right place, and they go somewhere else, and it doesn't quite happen for them. And there was some alchemy between the way that the Steelers were blocking when Le'Veon Bell was at his best and the patience he displayed. And and he's never quite been able to replicate that after taking that year off or holding out because he wasn't happy with the contract. Yeah. And so I don't know if he'll regret it. I'm not sure he, if he did, he would you know ever admit it to, to, to a wouldn't. journalist or us. So no. it's just a strange, it's not a strange one, but it's just it seems to be the way that sometimes you have these players who flash and have like several really, really good seasons. And, you know, he was as good a running back as there was in the league at one point with the Steelers. But I think maybe at running back more so than any other, the, the sort of like lifespan in the NFL seems to be be so um, short. It's very rare that you get the likes of the um, Adrian Peterson and the Frank Gore who just seem to keep getting carries forever. And so well, I'm yeah. not sure what the next move is. No, that's it. Well, before we move on, I want to uh, use this as the... Uh the official podcast launch of our uh, campaign to get uh, Richmond Webb into the uh, into the Hall of Fame. Uh, tackle, Richmond Webb was a tackle, uh, played for the Dolphins and the Bengals, is now in the uh, the vote for uh, for the, the Hall of Fame. Uh, and it only feel it feels it feels right that as a as a former Bengal and Dolphin, uh, he is the person that we we campaign to uh, to get into the Hall of Fame. So go on to the uh, the, the Hall of Fame vote and vote for uh, Richmond Webb. Uh, and and he also follows me on Twitter, which is nice. Um, <laughs> so uh, so yeah, go on and uh, and follow him. I am and, pretty uh, certain that I remember him signing um, for the Bengals and playing back in the days. If you look at um, well, his career then. time, it was. Uh, I mean, it didn't come back straight away, but. Um, I think I do remember him signing. This was back in the days when um, I was still following the NFL and I'd gone to uni and discovered sort of like the online ability to follow. And so I was still yes. getting getting the updates on Channel 5, etc. But I was able to sort yeah. of follow a bit on Cincinnati Radio and I was reading the um, the, the team's website regularly. <laughs> well, there we go then. There we go. That's, that is the, the official launch of our campaign. <laughs> Right, well, week 10 is in the books. We're now well over halfway. I said well over halfway. We're a week, week or so over halfway through the season. We're in double digits anyway. It feels very, very strange uh, to be saying that already. Uh, but Thursday night's game saw the Dolphins hosting the Ravens in what turned out to be a uh, pretty cagey affair. The Dolphins' defence had a hell of a day and did a brilliant job of shutting out Lamar Jackson and his offence, limiting their usually pretty free-scoring team uh, to just 10 points. The offence was a little more hesitant, uh, but it did, they did enough to get the win. Jacoby Brissett uh, started the game again, but after uh, he went down with an injury in the third quarter, Tua took over uh, and led the team to the win. The, uh, the game even included an acrobatic touchdown from uh, uh, Dolphins offensive tackle Robert Hunt, which uh, caught the ball by mistake more than anything. It didn't uh, count, though, unfortunately. Final score was uh, Ravens 10, Dolphins 22. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins <laughs> won two games in a row. Two games in a row. I'm well, with the Jets. I don't, I don't mean to... I don't mean to, to to, you know, be be getting too positive here, like I was at the beginning of the season. 
But uh, we've got the Jets next as well, so... Yeah. I think it'll be interesting Anything. to see how Tua does next week. Um, we were both talking yeah. about Javon Holland um, catching the eye um, when we were watching... He's, he looks good, he, yeah. Rookie safety. Um, I mean, I, I wrote about this on Sunday. Sunday, It's hard to tell for safety how good they truly are uh, without watching the All-22, but he certainly caught the eye making some tackles and getting around, even if it does look weird for him to be wearing number eight. Yeah, you can't. You still can't, can't get your head around that, can you? No, uh, it, it, there are some <laughs> positions of players. I mean, yeah, it just looks odd in places, doesn't it? To have sometimes to see these single Not numbers. Bit. I think it's because we don't watch college, so we're not just not used to it. And you know, I'm sure we'll adjust lots once we. Yeah, lots of lots of number one wide receivers as well. Yeah, Very, yeah, that is that is a bit strange. Anyway. Uh, moving on, the uh, the Bills have uh, struggled over the last few weeks, especially on offense. But uh, with the Jets going into their their game on Sunday, uh, allowing the most points and yards per game, they'll have uh, hopes to turn that around at MetLife Stadium. Uh, it wasn't to be uh, though for, uh, for for New York with the uh, with the Bills uh, uh, being back to their best this week, uh, taking home a uh, quite a heavy victory. Uh, Mike White was back in for the Jets, but uh, couldn't create uh, that match the other week. Uh, he actually threw four interceptions this week with uh, Joe Flacco. Uh, getting on for a few throws too, completing uh, all three, I'll add. Uh, neither team uh, really set the ground alight with their, their rushing game, but the Bills took this uh, this one quite easily. Uh, it was a 45 points to 17 win. I really did like the Jets to cover, given the number of points they were getting, because the Bills have yeah. really had struggle. And if there's any worry for the Jets, it's that, you know, a, a Bills team who seemed to have problems came in and getting right against the defence, which is meant to be your side of the ball. I, I'm guessing that's a little bit of a concern for them, but certainly uh, I think the Bills would just be happy to get a statement win um, against a team that they should do to, to kind of arrest yeah. the slide that had been happening in recent weeks. I think I went for the cover as well on that one. It was, uh, yeah, I think they were given quite a lot of points. And uh, yeah, with, with the Bills, how they have been over the last couple of weeks, you never, you know, you just didn't know which Bills were going to turn up, I suppose. No, I mean, there's a lot of randomness at, at this time of year. We might cover that once we finish the games, um, but it does make picking picking interesting, shall we say. It certainly does. Well, the uh, Bucks versus Washington uh, game looked like it might uh, be a high score, or at least for the uh, for the Buccaneers, as Washington are currently allowing the uh, most passing yards per game in the league, which will be music to Tom Brady's ears. Um, so the Bucks are going to want to do some some digging into exactly how they came away with the loss on Sunday. Uh, Taylor Taylor Heineke, I can never get used to saying his name. Heineke uh, had a hell of a game, uh, completing twenty six for thirty two uh, for two hundred and fifty six yards, and almost uh, everything seemed to go right for the football team, uh, with the exception of. Chase Young's injury. He's, he's uh, injured his ACL, uh, so it looks like his season's over. Final score was uh, 19-29 to Washington. Yeah, at this point, uh, I mean, it's not so much his season is over and there's a strong chance he yeah, might not yeah, make it back next for the beginning of next, to be honest. Um, this yeah. is this is a bad result for the Bucks, um, and you wonder, I think Sherman pulled his calf again before, before the game. It just feels like... <sighs> It, I mean, you get these losses sometimes as sort of a schedule theme, but you just wonder, given Brady's reaction to it, if, if there's yeah. something else going on or whether it's just a blip. And, and I'm sure that, you know, the Bucks are in such a strong position and particularly given the Saints injuries at quarterback, but I'm not sure they'll be worried, worried. But, you know, this is kind of like they lost to the Saints, they went into a bye week and came out and lost to the football team. It's 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 not a good run of games after such a strong start. And so uh, we, we look on, I think, to the Giants game with a lot of interest because they will be desperate to get a win in that one at home. 
Yeah, they're, they're definitely a team worth keeping an eye on. I think for the uh, for the next few uh, next few games because they they really really could go either way depending on what's going on behind yeah. the scenes. That said, with um, with Brady at the age he is, maybe being at home in the probably nicer weather of Tampa might help him. Yeah, maybe maybe that's it. Uh, well, the Cowboys had a bad week last week, uh, taking quite the thumping from the Broncos, while the Falcons were hoping to uh, get a positive record so far this season after winning the three of their last four. Uh, that record stopped here, though. The Cowboys uh, showed that uh, showed that last week was just a blip. Uh, there's not much can be said about this game. It was, it was so one-sided. The Falcons managed only a field goal in the first quarter, while the Cowboys were scoring from all over the place, including a blocked punt, uh, which they returned for a touchdown in the second. Um, even Josh Rosen got a few throws in for the Falcons, although he uh, he uh, only completed one of his six throws, with another being an interception. Uh, final score was uh, Dallas forty-three, Cal- uh, 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 Dallas forty-three, Falcons three. Too many threes. I quite enjoyed you at the end there, pausing and going to full um, classified football results. Wickham Wanderers <laughs> seven, Tampa Bay Buccaneers four. Um, four, four, four. Yeah. <laughs> so. I watched this game because I was really curious about um, what the Falcons have been doing, you know, won a few games, and um, I didn't learn a lot because the Cowboys' defense just continues to be um, opportunistic in terms of turnovers and interceptions, and the Falcons really couldn't protect Matt Ryan particularly well, and so it, it was just, they were behind the curve all the way through. So fifty yard a fifty yard kick is never an easy thing, but Young Way Koo um is one of the best long legs in the league and so it was they were very much focusing on not taking that and making it seven six rather than going fourth down, but at the end of the day the but you know, they just could not keep up with the Cowboys who um yeah, all of a sudden looked much, much better in this one. Yes, absolutely. Certainly certainly better than last week. Uh, well, uh, Saints Titans uh, and Titans had a couple of uh, couple of games uh, cushion at the top of the AFC South going into this one uh, after having won their last five games uh, with the Saints barely uh, barely over point five hundred for the season. Uh, well, you can make that six in a row now for the uh, the Titans who came away victorious in a very close game here. Uh, Titans took quite a lead in this one, but uh, the Saints tried their very best to uh, overcome this with a serious attempt at a fourth quarter comeback with Trevor Simeon actually uh, not having a bad game by all accounts. However, uh, after scoring a touchdown with just over a minute left in the game uh, without any timeouts, Tannehill just uh, knelt the game out for the victory. Uh, This is now the first time the Titans have won six in a row since 2010 when they eventually uh, went 10-0. That uh, seems like a long time ago now, though. Final score was 21-23 to the Titans. I mean, I have to say that at this point, um, Mike Vrabel might be in there for coach of the year, given that they're still they're still winning games, having lost Derek Henry. Julio Jones has just gone to um, injured reserve with a pulled hamstring. It wasn't like a pretty game, but they just keep finding edges and gritting out wins. And for the Saints, Simeon, you know, he throws quite a nice deep ball. He's not yeah, like an obviously bad quarterback, but you know how thin the margins are in the NFL and in just in big situations, he couldn't quite do enough. And given how good the Saints' defense is, it feels like they're going to be competitive all, all season. But I think perhaps not unsurprisingly, given um, that Drew Brees has just retired, the question is going to be around quarterback. Yeah, I mean, there's, on the on the uh, Titans' side of the ball, I, I, I think it was... Mooch, I think it was Steve, Steve Mariucci on, uh, on on game day morning the other day was 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 putting the uh, the Titans out as as the best team in the league at the minute. Um, I'm not sure I got that for. What, what do you what do you reckon to that? I mean, they have joint best record with the Cardinals. 
there are teams that I feel like I would favour to beat them, but it's yeah. get also it, it's so topsy turvy and a bit weird because you know the Cowboys had a blip but look back to winning ways and have looked very good. The Cardinals have struggled a bit recently, and we interesting to see see how they get with Kyler Murray. And we will talk about the Rams in a bit. I suggest. Yes, yeah, I suppose in this league you're only ever one or two games away from or losses away from it. Yeah, yeah. season's starting to fall apart. Yes, exactly. Anyway, uh, last week saw the Jags get their first win on American soil for over 450 days, uh, while the Colts scored 45 points in their demolition of the Jets. So both of these wanted to get uh, into a flow of uh, form with, uh, with this game. That's probably why uh, this one was so close. The Colts took con- control early, uh, blocking a punt and returning it for a t- uh, touchdown. Uh, Jonathan Taylor now has uh, touchdowns in each of his last seven games, the longest Indianapolis streak since 1985. Trevor Lawrence had a, had a game which can really be described as poor, with over half of his throws missing the target and uh, really struggling throughout. Scoreline's uh, probably a bit flattering to the Jags. It was 17-23 to the Colts. Yeah, I think Trevor Lawrence is just struggling because the Jaguars aren't good and the offensive line is not giving him that much time and the offense isn't clicking. Uh, The Colts are a weird team too in that they keep winning and they've made great steps forward, but you just don't trust Carson Wentz at all at this point, do you? Or I don't, certainly. No, you don't. I've never seen him as being good enough to be a, a really, really effective starter, but yeah, it's... He's 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 not setting he's certainly not setting the world alight, is he? No, not at the moment. Not doing anything to change change those opinions. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I think if as much as anything, um what's driving them the Colts that is is Jonathan Taylor, who, you know, is yeah. just a running back that that's that's maybe not quite as exceptional this week, but another hundred hundred yard game off twenty one carries and just just yeah, is is sort of like almost feels like more the foundation of the Colts um running behind that offensive line than Wentz's. Yeah, yeah, I like him. I think he's good. Uh, and he's in my, my fantasy team, so all the better. Um, <laughs> the Steelers were without Big Ben, who tested uh, positive for COVID this week. So uh, Mason Rudolph was under centre on Sunday for a game uh, against the winless Lions. And while the, uh, the Lions are still winless, uh, they technically didn't lose this week, taking uh, the Steelers to overtime and coming away with a tie. Uh, the Lions weren't very effective in the air, with just 114 yards made. Uh, but they did uh, do well on the ground, picking up over 200 yards, most of which came from DeAndre Swift. Uh, on balance, it was probably a, uh, a fair result. Well, the Lions would be uh, gutted not to have got, to, uh, got the win on this one. If nothing else for the uh, mentality that, that would have, uh, have given them. Final score was uh, 16 points each. Yeah, um, our first draw of the season. And, I mean, the Steelers are facing a bit of a COVID nightmare, obviously, um, Ben Roethlisberger uh, uh, hit the list and now Micah Fitzpatrick has it. It just feels like this might be escalating a little bit for them. Um, and so it was a, it's not, perhaps not, I was about to say it's a, it's a bad loss. It, it's it's not a great result given that the Steelers were trying to pull themselves back into contention. And just, I'm trying to see, apart from Swift, what other bright spots there are for, for the Lions to build around. I, and, uh, we've got Thanksgiving coming up, so I'll get another chance to see them. But um, I, 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 I don't think, think there's much. Yeah, and, and <laughs> the whole Jared Goff thing, I think, is working out in, in the, yeah. I still wonder, it seems strange to me. I get that, you know, he was so benefited by the system, but it's but sort of like the fall off over the last couple of seasons in, in the Rams post that Super Bowl mm. and then into the Lions. It just feels weird to me but it's clearly not working for him 
No, it's not. And he's uh, he's uh, they, apparently he's, he he could be he, they, he might be out this week because uh, he injured his oblique. Yes, it's uh, some in, oblique in game, ribs so. cartilage something in that area is not right. Yes, yeah. he, he was struggling. Yes, I've I've heard that too. So it's, uh, yeah, there's a good chance he he might miss this week. So uh, keep an eye keep an eye on that one. Well, uh, the last time the Browns beat the Patriots, a certain Bill Belichick was the uh, the Browns' head coach, and his, uh, his Patriots team this year are uh, doing a good job of limiting offences, averaging just 18 points per game. Um, both of those records were improved for the Patriots this time with uh, another victory, uh, this time allowing just seven points. As, a good, uh, as, as good as the Patriots look, though, uh, the Browns looked e- equally poor. Uh, they weren't helped by May- Baker Mayfield going off in the uh, third quarter and being uh, replaced by Case Keenum, who didn't manage to make really any progress at all um, and a distinct lack of Nick Chubb who was uh, who was injured for this one so uh, after seven initial points from Cleveland the Patriots got 45 without reply making the score uh, final score 45 points to seven to the Patriots and I think this kind of season or this kind of demonstrates the limitations that we've got with Baker Mayfield at the moment apart from the injury and he's definitely toughing it out but yeah it feels like there are some big questions for this team to deal with um, in the offseason at quarterback because Mayfield's given them a stability, so I'm not sure that you just cut him or whatever, and you know how this business is, is with the NFL and quarterbacks, but I do wonder. I feel like it's important for them to maintain the depth of their roster, and, and I think it's not that you can't pay quarterbacks, but what you can't do is pay a $25 million a year quarterback 35-40 and I think yeah. the negotiations with Mayfield and, and, and what happens next is is going to be an interesting conundrum even if the um, even if Cleveland can drag themselves back into the playoff race and they're not out of it yet but it, it's been a tough season for them with one thing and another they're not they they did look poor on Sunday this is one of the games I, I watched this is the, the early game I watched I, I you know I was, just, I was watching it thinking I can't I can't believe how how poor they looked. I hadn't twigged until towards the end when when I, th- I think I was texting you. Yeah. Um. That, that Nick Chubb wasn't playing. It's and and yeah, just the difference without him. Yeah. I, just, it's, yeah, it's, the, I mean, we really knew struggled. going into this game, Chubb was out injured. Um. Or it might he? It might be that Chubb was on the COVID list and 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 Kareem Hunt is out injured. But basically, they had Dennis Johnson um and a practice um squad player uh, pulled up. So. Yeah. Bacon Mayfield is so reliant on the play-action part of the pass to keep things going. But, yeah, I'd be interested to see what happens. And the problem also is if you're facing a Patriots defence who's beginning to round into form and you've got a definitive weakness that um, Bill Belichick can scheme against, it's always just going to be a long game. Yeah, Mac Jones didn't do any cheating this week, so... uh, Your bias is showing, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, is it? Is it? Just Have you watched it, by the way? Did you watch it? I sent, I sent you, sent you the link last week. Um, I, I, honestly, I can't remember. I feel like I'm going <laughs> mad <laughs> at this point. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, onto the uh, onto the nine o'clock games, and uh, I wondered how tired the Vikings might be going into their uh, their game with the Chargers after a long game, uh, including overtime against the the, uh, the the Raiders last week. Was it Raiders or Ravens? Ravens last week. Um. If they were, it certainly didn't show. Uh, they, they took the victory back to Minnesota. Kirk Cousins seems to be enjoying uh, seems to be enjoying playing on the road as he's he's now thrown twelve touchdowns and no interceptions in their five road games. Uh, he took t- took away two hundred and ninety four yards this week. Uh, Chargers, however, look very middle of the road with uh, with Ken Allen having uh, having more receiving yards than than uh, than the whole of the rest of the Chargers uh, with ninety eight. Um, Mike Williams. Uh, 
now has no touchdowns in his last four games, having led the league with six in his first five. Um, and yeah, they're going to need to take a, a, a long, hard look at what's going on here. It finished 27-20 to the Vikings. Yeah, it feels like... Um, I think we've talked about this before, but I'm not sure if this season or not, but the whole thing about part of the way of sustaining success in the NFL is adjusting to the adjustment. And it feels like the Chargers started off well, but the league is begin to beginning to figure them out on offense and defense a bit. And yeah. I don't know with the skills players if they've got enough speed and options on offense to try and adjust to, to, to the looks they're getting. And it's just all not quite working. And I think it's important to remember that there's a you know a very promising quarterback with a great arm, but this is only his second year and this is this is his head coach's first year as a head coach. So yeah. And, yeah. and not exactly with a long track record at coordinator either. So I'm not panicking, but I wonder if we're going to continue to see this kind of performance for the Chargers or whether they can figure something out. Yeah. Um, well, uh, there was a lot of willy-won't-y uh, this, this week before the Panthers-Cardinals game uh, after Cam Newton returned to Carolina. Uh, while the Cardinals announced ahead of, uh, of time that Colt McCoy would be starting uh, as uh, Kyler Murray's ankle wasn't quite where it, would, uh, it needed to be. Uh, this, they, uh, this started extremely one-sided uh, with the Panthers absolutely dominating in the first half after a number of... Uh, Touch, uh, turnover, sorry, from the Cardinals. Uh, at, at one point, Cam Newton had had two touches of the ball and two touchdowns. He only he only threw four times all game. Um, that was the way the game kind of carried on too, with the, with the uh, the Panthers uh, not looking back. An impressive performance from the likes of Christian McCaffrey, um, with a clumsy performance from the Cardinals as as a, as a whole. Panthers have now won uh, their last six games against the Cardinals, uh, all by ten or more points. This one finished thirty four ten to Carolina. I feel like for the Cardinals, um, they're eight and two. You know, they've been a bit up and down in recent weeks, but obviously they've had injuries. Um, I, I just the interesting thing about the Panthers is their defense currently ranks um, third overall by DVOA, but their offense ranks thirtieth. And obviously, we know that well, part the Panthers, of the Panthers. The Pan- yeah, the Panthers. Are third. Wow, I didn't realize that. So um, obviously, Sam Donald's had real problems in recent weeks, and and then you've yeah. gone to PJ Walker, and now we've got Cam Newton involved, and. If you've got that good a defence, I'm not saying it's a recipe to completely turn things around, but I think the Panthers are an interesting team to watch over the next couple of weeks to see if um, you know they find some answers which might um, make Darnold's performance in recent weeks you know really damning. And, and, but I think it'll be interesting to see how the Panthers pick up um, with the Newton signing and, and how things go for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm, I'm with you on not knowing kind of Quite how they're going to to handle Newton, whether they'll they'll you know whether they'll start him or whether they'll be more of a, a sort of use him in in, in situa- as, as a situational quarterback. But yeah, he, he he came back and certainly certainly in the in the at the beginning of the game he was he'd he'd had two touches of the ball and he, he ran one and, and threw one, um and uh, and yeah and made a and then obnoxiously took his helmet off and shouted I'm back at everybody. Uh, I mean it's an emotional game. Uh, it's an emotional game. We've seen. I mean. It, <laughs> I sort of hear what you're saying, but I think we've seen a lot worse and deaverish behaviour from other players yeah, probably, previously, probably and have. probably again. So um, yeah, probably, probably. 
Well, let's move on. The uh, the Broncos were on a bit of a run, uh, quietly building a, a decent season after last week's hammering of the Cowboys, uh, along with the de- their defence, which is doing well at stopping points being scored. The Eagles, on the other hand, uh, have, have been pretty inconsistent for the first half of the year. And uh, given all of this, it's OK to admit that you didn't quite notice that Devontae Smith was on your taxi squad in fantasy, uh, as he had a cracker of a game for the, <laughs> the Eagles, getting two touchdowns from his 66 receiving yards. Yes, that was me. Um this was uh, quite a surprising result after uh, last week, but uh, it was all credit to the Eagles who uh, put a, a, uh, on a combined show in the air and on the ground. Uh, they led throughout the game and the, uh, the final score was 30-13 to the Eagles. I feel like this is one of those games that might be a good idea to, support, to talk about um, the variance in the NFL because the Broncos just had such a game plan and everything worked for them against the um, uh, Cowboys, it would seem. Yeah. And then they walk into an Eagles team who seemed to have found a bit of an identity over the last couple of weeks I, the Eagles were one of the teams we were discussing about watching and I think we might have to correct that and actually watch them fairly soon uh, <laughs> they're running a college offense it's not like um, um, Jalen Hurts is suddenly throwing the ball amazingly but they seem to have found something and rediscovered running the ball and, and I'm not convinced yes, what the yeah. long term plan is but but they, they've got two wins in the last three games and, and things are definitely changing there because it was feeling like it was going to be a dreadful season a few weeks ago. Yeah, and they've got some players. I mean, like I said, Devontae Smith, he's 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 some receiver. I think he's gonna be I think he's gonna be great. I think he's gonna be really good. Obviously it's rookie year this year and he's 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 only, you know, he can only do as much as he can do. But he you know, I think he's gonna be a gonna be a good one for a few years. Could well be. I just think it's an interesting, you know, an odd mix of of signed of a lot of experience on the lines and then very young at other points and, and they uh desperately trying to acquire cornerbacks from everywhere to try and find the answers there. So it feels like this is a team in mid-transition and I'm not sure what their off-season is going to look like. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Seahawks Packers, Aaron Rodgers and, uh, and, Russell, and Russell Wilson were both back uh, this week. But uh, then again, so were the uh, snow with wind chill of uh, 30 degrees Fahrenheit and winds of up to 80 miles an hour. Um, so I certainly wasn't expecting a classic at Lambeau Field. Having watched the, having seen the, watched this game and seen the pitch about four hours before the game started, I'm absolutely amazed how little snow there was in the field. Uh, it turned out to be a shutout with Russell Wilson uh, not looking like himself upon his return. Uh, Packers almost doubled the Seahawks' yardage, and they were they were literally in control of the ball for double the time too. Uh, a good game for Green Bay, not to mention an, uh, an, an ironic appeal at one point from uh, from Aaron Rodgers for a face mask. Um, final score was seventeen nothing to the Packers, who've now won uh, their last ten games against Seattle. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, very good at being a quarterback, possibly not one to um, consult about um, medical choices. No. But quietly, the Packers' defence seems to have really improved in the last two weeks. And, and they needed them last week playing the Chiefs, and they sort of needed them again because the Packers were a bit disjointed. And I think it's interesting to me that the way the offence stumbled a little bit and Aaron Jones getting an injury which seems to be a sprain rather than a tear so we'll we'll see how he does with AJ Dillon I'm not sure I'd read too much into it with um Rogers having been unable to practice for so long and injuries and you know for, for frankly horrendous sounding weather um but yeah, you know yeah. I, I think the Packers are going to be right up there again and, and competing for for playoffs and more yeah I'd certainly I'd certainly expect that I wouldn't expect anything less from, uh, from the Packers 
Well, uh, the Chiefs have won, had won six out of their last seven meetings against the Raiders, but uh, as we know, this season's Chiefs aren't quite the Chiefs that we've become used to over the last few years. Um, luckily for Kansas, the old Mahomes that we uh, know and love was back, uh, picking himself up 406 passing yards and five touchdowns in his 50 attempts. Um, it feels rare a team gets two receivers with over 100 yards, but uh, Kelsey and Williams both did that uh, this week for the uh, uh, for the Chiefs. Um on the Raiders' side of the ball, uh, they had almost no rushing game, 50, 50 total yards, and a, and a terrible third-down conversion rate of just 11%. So it's fairly easy to see how the uh, the Chiefs got their, their seventh win in seven meetings. Uh, final score in Vegas was Kansas City 41, Las Vegas Raiders 14. So I've heard multiple people talk about the fact that um, the Raiders were playing the Chiefs with a sort of like cover one you know, so single high safety rather than the cover two looks that the Chiefs have been really struggling with and that um, mm. when asked during the week before the game, Gus Bradley Beats had told them that he was going to run what he runs and he does have a background in that Seattle defence. So I'd be interested to see whether the Chiefs can carry this momentum forwards. Uh, it feels like bits of their defence coming together with Chris Jones being able to move back inside now Frank Clark's back and, and I don't know if this will be sort of like a momentary blip or momentum but it feels like you know things might be beginning to to turn for the Chiefs whereas the Raiders I just feel like they might have hit a wall with everything that's going on around yeah. them feel, yeah it feels, it feels like it. we said that last week didn't we it's, yeah it feels like they've and the longer that they don't get a win and they don't really impress the more the more you yeah. wonder how possible it is for everybody given what they've gone through to um, to get things back but it's not okay. impossible but we shall have to see Absolutely. Well, the uh, the Rams had Von Miller and, and Odell Beckham Jr. for their uh, their debuts this week. So, uh, despite being without Robert Woods for the rest of the season, there was uh, were some fresh legs on uh, both sides of the field as they headed to San Francisco to face the 49ers. Um, it didn't seem to matter though, as the uh, the 49ers picked up what can only be described as a surprise victory on Monday night. They they struck early, took, taking fourteen a forty point lead in the first quarter, uh, which the Rams just could never come back from. Uh, Beckham was, was kept fairly quiet with just a couple of catches to his name, uh, while the 49ers were pretty effective on both the ground and in the air. Uh, Jimmy G is now uh, one of six quarterbacks to uh, be undefeated against the Rams uh, in the Super Bowl era. He's 5-0. and uh, And the 49ers go home with a 4-5 uh, and five record uh, for the season. So uh, final score was LA Rams 10, 49ers 31. I mean, this is one of the games I watched today, and... Um the reason that Beckham was fairly quiet was he wasn't on the field that much. Um, I think ah, that makes sense then. Yeah, he hadn't, you know, he hadn't <laughs> done that much training. He was on for a couple of snaps early, but particularly as they were trying to go to hurry up and you know weren't making substitutions. And the concern I would have for the Rams is that we've seen the beginnings of a blueprint in terms of um, running at them and and being yeah. physical with the offense and. I, I've heard people talk about how it's possible that um, in his appreciation of Matthew Stafford that McVeigh has possibly switched the pass run balance too much to pass and sort of like all the running that they were doing previously and building the play action off that as, as possibly the balance has gone too far the other way. I don't watch the Rams week in, week out because there's only so many hours in a day, but I think it's an interesting criticism and one to keep an eye on. And, and it does feel like the 49ers are beginning to sort of get over some of the image injury problems and Garoppolo's looked better over the last few weeks. So um, 
they're not out of it. I'm not sure they're great, but you know, I do do wonder if the 49ers can pull themselves into the playoff hunt. They're, they're, they're always a competitive team. It just really seems to depend how many injuries they have. Yeah, still, still, still a little while to go the season. So, so yeah, could could go either way. Yep. Right, it's time for some more trivia. Let's see who's been uh, paying attention this week. And uh, I'll go first. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I've got two questions, and they're a bit half-assed. But um, the Lions this week, uh, obviously, uh, got their uh, their first positive result, well, sort of positive result of the season. Non-negative uh, result. Stop, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just to stop them from going uh, 0-9. So, uh, yeah, they did hit 0-8 uh, this, this, this year. Um, how many times in their history have the Lions been 0-8? Ooh, so it's interesting because we're working on similar themes, clearly. But for 0-8, I am going to go with seven times. Seven times? No, they're, they're, they're better than that. Only four. Only four? Only four times, yeah. I went big. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've also got another question, which uh, I meant to ask you last year, last week. Uh, and completely forgot about. So uh, this is this is rolled over, um, and you'll see why I was meant to ask you last week. Um, which team has got the best record on daylight saving Sunday? The best record on daylights. Yes, the the, the most winningest record. Apologies. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the Patriots, but I really don't know. It's the Dolphins. We are thirty oh. and twelve. Oh, daylight, daylight saving Sunday. So, I should yeah. I should have accounted for for your um, enthusiasm for your team, and I'm yes, assuming that yeah, came up in go. came up uh, in the broadcast believe, at some point. I believe it came up in the broadcast. It did, yes. And I uh, I made a little note of it on my phone. I thought oh, I'll I'll make sure to ask G about that on uh, on on Tuesday. Fair enough. Right, your go. Okay, so my go, and you might spot a bit of a theme here, which is that Week 11 sees a matchup of the Cleveland Browns and the Detroit Lions, which are the only two teams to win the seasons in the NFL, and the Lions are currently on pace to repeat the feat. However, over the course of their history, which franchise has the lowest winning percentage? Oh, over the course of history... I think the Browns... I think the Browns have been, for for years, where the, the... the the whipping boys the the uh, of the league. I'm going to say Browns. I can see what you're saying, but you are in fact incorrect. I'm afraid. Uh, the um, Detroit Lions. You surprised me. Have a have a a, a, a win loss percentage of point three three sorry point four three three percent as opposed to point five oh nine. Um, I think where you're going. It's interesting. The Lions um, have started six years earlier than Cleveland. They've obviously rolled the two versions of Cleveland into one set. I think the thing to remember is the Cleveland in the fifties were really very good and won championships, whereas the Lions yeah. really haven't done much at all. Yeah, I suppose I'm thinking late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, I mean it's interesting. If you look at if you look at the games played, it's eleven sixty nine versus eleven oh four, but the um, wins are four hundred ninety four versus five hundred and fifty five. There we go. There we go. Well, that's uh, you do surprise me. I thought I'd gone too simple. I'll be honest, but it was an interesting <laughs> fact. So, and it, it struck me looking at the week coming up. There we go. Well, it was a good one. Good one. 
Excellent. Well, let's try again next week. Hey, Dan, it's the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and I think everyone out there ought to know about your podcast, The Wrong Football on iTunes. Okay, right, week 11 coming up. Let's have a look at the uh, the, the, the games coming up this week. And, uh, is there anything that's uh, particularly catching your eye, uh, Jay? I think you, you mentioned earlier watching the Eagles. They're playing the Saints this week. I think that might not be a bad game to watch. Yeah, no, I suspect you know that could be one that you sent me, depending on, on how the mood takes you. Um, I was sort of thinking that, yeah. Uh, I'm kind of curious about what happens when the Colts meets the Bills, um, just for overall how they're going. Um, I guess the divisionals kind of narrative klaxon, um, the Vikings having got, got a win this week going up against the Packers, but I suspect the Packers are going to win that one. Um, Cowboys Chiefs is something of a obvious play in the um, Sunday night slot. Um, see if the if the Chiefs really are picking up momentum or if they're about to run into a Cowboys team who um, are just flat out better. Uh, Steelers charges looks like it's dropping off and the Monday night game in the Giants at the Bucks doesn't exactly inspire. So I think that's generally what I'm thinking. Does anybody leap out to you? No, I mean, it's, uh, it's, I'm, I'm obviously going to be watching Dolphins Jets. That's, uh, that, that's, that's a given. And that'll be, that'll be interesting to see what, what Dolphins turns up and what Jets turns up, I suppose. Uh, given the last few weeks, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of interested to see Lions Browns. I must say, um, I don't know how if the Browns are anything like they were last week. And I didn't watch the. I, didn't, I must say I haven't watched the, the Lions game all the way through. But if the Browns are anything like they were last week, it'll be interesting to see how the Lions take that on. Because um, they've caused they've caused some teams some problems this year, despite being zero and eight and one. I think it depends on who the Browns have back. I mean, and whether yeah, and whether Mayfield is in a, in a state to start and he can be effective, or whether Colt McCoy gets like a proper run, a proper week to prepare and doesn't come in off pat. But um, I think the Browns, with some preparation and the right running backs, are a very different proposition to to when that's been disrupted. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, have you got a bold prediction for us? I'm just looking at it. Um, I kind of feel like um, the Bengals beating the Raiders at this point counts as a bold prediction just because of the Bengals slide in two weeks, but you might disappear. Sure yeah, this is what I was thinking. Okay, the Chiefs to beat the Cowboys. Chiefs to beat the Cowboys, that's a good one. I'll, I'll give you that. We've got a, we have a bold prediction. Excellent. I apologise for my usual weekly um, flying by the seat of my pants, but apparently I need the pressure to make my brain work in this stuff because it does not happen naturally <laughs> to me at all. So I essentially need you sit, sat there going, come on, come on, dance, monkey, dance. <laughs> well, I'm glad it works. <laughs> Well, that's all we've got time for this week. We'll be back again next week. If you've uh, liked what you've heard, let us know by liking, subscribing, and maybe even leaving a little five-star review through whatever medium you procure your podcasts. That way, uh, you'll uh, you'll you'll make sure, also make sure that you uh, you don't miss any of our episodes throughout the rest of the season. Um, if you've got a question or something you want us to discuss next time, please get in touch. I'm at TWF Dan on Twitter, and G is at Wrong Football. In the meantime, have a great week, and we'll see you again next week. Bye. Vote for Richmond. Richmond.